Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. So, are you ready? That is the name of my title <laughs> of this, if you're taking notes. So, are you ready? Um, recently, as a church, we've been focusing on Jesus's teachings, and more specifically, Pastor Dave has been taking us through some of the tougher teachings um, of Jesus. Um, and I really encourage you actually to listen to those back so you can actually go back on Spotify or on YouTube and listen to those again. Um, sometimes, you know, it can really bless you later on as well. Um, but today's message hasn't, it kind of follows that theme. Um, it's definitely not the easiest to preach. So thank you, God, for that, uh, for giving me uh, this word. Um, but I really hope that uh, this challenges you, like I prayed, um, as it has done for me, um, but also encourages you. And I think that's a God thing when it can both hurt a little bit, uh, but help us to grow and change. Amen? Um, so, yeah, let's start with the word. So today, if you can turn to your Bibles to Luke 12, 35 to 48. Um, and if you're there, good amen. Yeah. And it's right behind me as well. So we'll be looking at the NIV translation, but obviously any other translation is good as well. Um, but I chose this specifically just because I think the words really spoke to me and hope it will do to you as well. Okay, let's read together. Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning, like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, who then is the faithful and wise manager, whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming. And he then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. Ouch. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one that has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. So, yeah, reading that, it's definitely not the easiest passage to read. Um, you know, it's saying that one day Jesus will return. Jesus is telling his disciples this because it's like a warning, you know. The disciples have been spending all this time with Jesus, but they don't realize that, okay, he's going to be, you know, one day crucified very soon. He won't be with them any longer. 
but one day he'll be back. Um, so when is Jesus coming back? We do not know. And there's not a sign or a date or time that we can look for. You know, there's nothing in the stars or the moon that says Jesus is going to come back on this day, at this hour. We do not know. So in the meantime, what is Jesus telling us through this scripture? And what are we supposed to be doing in the meantime? So we have to be ready for his return, ready to open the door if he knocks. But what does it mean to be ready? In the scripture that we just read, Jesus compares his return um, to a master returning to his house, and we are to be the servant waiting for the master to return. So while the master is away, what is the servant doing? You know, there's many things that the servant will be doing uh, looking after his house, the master's house. There's, you know, rooms to be cleaned. You know, what if Jesus comes back at dinner time? That means he needs to prepare a meal, right? So you need to anticipate when he's coming, but maybe he's not coming then. So you need to continually clean, continually make sure that the garden looks nice, you know, make sure that the bathroom's clean, and then continue to buy all the ingredients that you need to get for whatever time Jesus is coming. Maybe he's coming at breakfast, lunch, dinner, supper, you know, who knows? Um, so maybe like here's a fun thought. I was thinking, have you ever thought about what you would serve Jesus for dinner if he was going to come to your house? Um, you know, what, what does Jesus like to eat, right? Who knows? Um, and who here knows Bess? Bess here, we know, loves to cook and bake. She's a great host as well. Um, and she also heads up our Expresso team. And I'm sure later on, if you try all the delicious treats that they have prepared for you, um, you'll see you know, a little bit of Bess in that. <laughs> um, but I was just thinking of, you know, I'm sure if Jesus was coming to Bess's house, she would be meticulously planning, you know, for months wow. what to cook. We'll be sourcing, you know, all the best ingredients, all like organic, natural, you know, sourcing whatever, fish, you know, the best, everything. Ten course meal, I'm sure. Um, but how do you prepare that if you don't know when Jesus is coming? How do you prepare something like that when you don't know when your special guest is coming? Yeah. That means you need it every day. Prepare, wow. you know, buy the ingredients, yeah. get, get all that ready, buy the freshest ingredients. You can't just serve, oh, it's a little bit funky, that fish. Can I serve it? No. Um, so this brings me to my first point. So... If we're going to go through here, the parable um, that Jesus is using, so Jesus always uses parables and stories to help us to understand his teachings. And so in this parable, Jesus is the master and we're the servant. So Jesus clearly wants us to look at this relationship between the master and the servant. Um, so the master has left his house, all his belongings, he's, um, and who's left in the house is just the servant. Yeah. So even... In, especially back in those days, it wasn't just one servant, it was also like a household staff. So that means that servant is also responsible for the other staff of the house. So firstly, you would not leave your house with a stranger. You wouldn't leave your house, your keys, with someone that you know. You know, some of you have very expensive computers. I'm looking at my brother here. Um, <laughs> but, you know, all your things, all the 
things that you spent money on. You know, maybe some of us are students, and one day you will own a house, I'm sure, and you will get to understand truly how, what it means to be house proud, <laughs> like maybe your parents. Um, but yeah, the master has left his house, has left it all with his servant. And this brings me to my first point, that God already trusts us with his household. That means he already has faith in us. That means um, he already has given you the keys to his house. And that is an immense privilege and an honor that we have. Um, the fact that God knows us, he knows what we've done, we, he knows our past, he knows our thoughts, he knows you know, our true intentions in our hearts. And yet he still chooses to trust and believe us, chooses to partner with us, chooses to um, you know, use us. So, you know, seeing how God chooses to trust us, we know that his trust is not based on ability, not having to do something to earn that trust. And an example of this is, um, it's a bit like how my parents trust me and my brother. Um, growing up, we actually never had a curfew. I don't know, hands up who grew up with a curfew. Okay, so maybe only 25% view. <laughs> but, you know, I think then for the rest of us that didn't have a curfew, you, you know, our parents trusted us that no matter what time we'd come home, we'd come home safe. And sometimes they never even texted us, like, wait, what time are you coming home? It's probably because they were asleep. But I know that they, it wasn't that they didn't care, but it's because they trusted us that we would be coming home. You know, even on a Saturday night, if we'd be coming home early hours of the morning, they still trust that we'd still wake up for church the next morning. So, you know, that was because my parents trusted me, and I, you know, growing up, I knew that I had to respect that trust. I wasn't kind of, like, pushing the line, waiting to see, like, oh, what is the punishment if I don't come, if I never come back home? Like, I don't, I don't want to find that out. <laughs> and I never had to find that out. And yeah, it wasn't out of the fear of the punishment, but it was also like wanting to never disappoint them. Yeah. It was wanting to never forego that trust because um, it's not worth it, right? You want them to trust you. Um, but, you know, none of us are born perfect and we are all broken. Yet Jesus still chooses to trust us, chooses to partner with us. And that's something that we all need to remember, that despite all our imperfections, he still wants to use us. Um, and I think that's something that can speak to some of us who maybe don't even think that we're good enough for God or think that, you know, maybe I'll say yes to God when I'm like a better person or I've done X, Y, Z, maybe done a bit more of the community at street feeding, you know, like thinking that you need to do good for the community before you can say yes to God and allow God to, you know, move in your life. But actually, you know, he wants you to use you right now. He wants you to say yes right now. So remember that when you think that, oh, I've not done good so good today, but actually that's not true. God wants to still use you right now. Um, and even in the, in the Bible, there's so many examples of Jesus being with people that are broken, you know, from prostitutes to cheating tax collectors. I don't think any of us are those things, but so I think even when you think you're the lowest of the low, when you've done something wrong, 
you can always still come to Jesus. You know, even his own disciples doubted him. The people that were closest to him, that followed him every day, they doubted him. And yet still Jesus chose to use them and still loved them. Um, So remember that. Yeah. Um, So in verse 41, um, I love Peter because he always asks the the questions that all of us are thinking. Um, So in verse 41, Peter, his disciple, asked, who is this parable for? And Jesus doesn't give a straight, you know, yes answer or no answer. So let's read his response together um, from verse 42. The Lord answered, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the master says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming. And he then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on the day when he does not expect him and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. So reading that, do you think there's anyone exempt from this statement? No. Yes, thank you, Pastor Dave. (laughs) And that leads me to my second point. God has an expectation on all of us. And you might think that, okay, first and second point, pretty similar, right? Like trust, he trusts all of us. Expectation, he expects from all of us. But I think we need to look at this uh, a bit more closely. So why is Jesus telling us this in advance? Because he wants us to live a good and blessed life. You know, if Jesus didn't tell us this, that means, you know, it's like a test. It's like that we're automatically set up to fail. But there's a reason why God is telling us this now. There's a reason why God has written that this is written in the Bible so that we can look back, read it, and apply this to our lives today. Um, And it's a little bit like, you know, everyone, I think most people here have been to uni or you've gone to college. Um, You know, you've been given your exam timetable. And once you know when your exams are taking place, you're expected to plan, to prepare, to, you know, make your revision timetable so that you achieve the optimum results for your exam, right? Yeah. You're not going to just, oh, that's when the exam is, you know, I, I, I guess I don't need to study. You know, it's like, <laughs> like you know when your exam's going to be and you're expected to study for those exams, right? So going back to Luke 12, uh, in verse 42, it says... Who then is the faithful and wise manager who puts in charge of his, ha- of his servants and gives them their food allowance at the proper time? It'll be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. Wow. And then at the end of verse 48, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. So what is God expecting from us? 
In Matthew 5, um, 13 to 16, Jesus says that we are to be the salt and light of the world. Does it mean that we're meant to be salty? No. <laughs> it means that um, in verse 16, it says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Our lives are expected to be a reflection of God's goodness. And that means that God doesn't want us to stay the same. So let's say we say yes to Jesus today. He expects us to grow from today, to do better for him. And that requires us to step out of our comfort zone. That requires us to live a life not for ourselves, but a life that pleases God. And maybe this is the first time you've heard this message, um, or some of us have heard this before. But even though we know this, and maybe we, you know, do truly want to live a life that's good, um, you know, some of us actually think, you know, why do I need to do it now? Why can't I just do it later? And it's so easy to just put off and think, well, there's not a deadline, right? Like, I don't need to, I believe in God, so that's it. So I can just live my life according to what I choose and how I want it and my plan and how I think is better for my life. No. It clearly says, like, I don't think I need to read it again, but there is a very severe consequence for doing that even when you know what you know about Jesus and what he's called you to do. Um, and this is going to lead me to my final point. Um, we have the freedom to choose whether we are ruled by him or our own desires. And this is when it's a calling to us. You know, we, we can know this. We can, uh, if we go back to verse 47, sorry. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. There you go, that's the consequence. <laughs> Pretty severe. Um, but when you look at this, it says we can know the Father's heart. We can see his desires. We can know that he trusts us, that he loves us, that he wants to use us, and he just wants us to say yes to him. But even though we know all this, we still think we can, we can do it later. We still think, oh, well, Jesus isn't coming tomorrow, right? How do you know that? Jesus isn't coming next week, right? So how do you know that? Maybe, how do you know he's going to come in this lifetime? That's what you can think. But, you know, we think that we can focus on what we want to do first. We can focus on what we think we need to achieve first before we say yes to God. But that is called procrastination. And, you know, the servant, it says in his heart, um, oh, when Jesus isn't coming now, so why don't I just delay the cleaning a little longer? Why don't I just not go to the food market today? I'm just going to sit back, chill, enjoy this beautiful house that I've been given, and do whatever I want. Yeah. That is not what God has called us to do. And so many of us naturally want to procrastinate. That is essentially our flesh saying, no, why don't we just stay in bed a little longer today? Why don't we just, you know, continue doing what I am comfortable with? And that is what stops us from growing and to live a life that is pleasing to God. Um, but I'm not going to lie, it's hard work to keep it up. 
it's hard work to every day say yes to God and to, you know, I'm, I keep giving the example of cleaning the house, but what does that look like about, you know, our hearts or like how we live our lives each day? Um, and in the parable, okay, so it says um, that if, in, sorry, in verse 45, it says, but if that servant says in his heart, my master's delaying his coming, begins to beat the male and female servants and to drink and eat and be drunk. You know, it feels like, hey, there's two different servants. There's the good one and the bad one, and some are born to be good and some are born to be bad. It's like, if you actually read it, it's actually just an example of one servant. So for all of us, it's very possible to be the good servant but it's also very possible to be the lazy servant. And we have the choice to choose to be the good servant or to choose to be the lazy servant, the one that says no. Or we can choose to say yes. And what has caused this? It's the servant's heart. It says, the servant says in his heart. So, you know, that is where the root of that kind of cause lies. And I really don't think that anyone here is going to be beating up any men or women. Um, but the point is tr that I'm trying to make is that, you know, out of what our heart speaks is that is the reflection of, you know, the life that we want to live in our heart. Um, in Luke 6:45, it says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What is in your heart today? Is it to live a life thinking that, okay, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm thinking about lunch today. Where am I going to eat? Or, you know, are we thinking about what God wants us to do? And, yeah, even God can help dictate where we eat for lunch. <laughs> um, but, you know, aside from that uh, example, in uh, Matthew 16, 24 to 25, Jesus says to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That means it's going to cost us to be the good servant. Denying ourselves is a slow process and will undoubtedly take time. Um, and we need to be aware of this, and that is why we need to choose to start walking on this journey now. Yeah. It's not just an overnight thing of, hey, I chose to say yes to God, therefore tomorrow I'm going to be this perfect person. No, you have to work on yourself, and, you know, it's something that you need to choose to do, to choose to surrender yourself each and every day. And there are going to be some parts of ourselves, some parts of our lives that are really easy to surrender. But there are going to be other parts of our lives that are so hard to surrender. And some parts maybe surrender, but then they keep coming back and forth. And that is a struggle that all of us will face every day. And I think some of us have to ask ourselves, have we been separating God from our everyday life? Have we just been living for God on Sundays, but what are we doing in the rest of the week, in the days where we're working or at uni, the days where we think, I'm with my non-Christian friends, so I'm going to do 
all the things that I didn't do when I'm with my Christian friends. You know, it's so easy to just compartmentalize all the different parts of our life and only give God the bits that he, that we think he wants to see. But actually God wants all of you. And we were just singing it this morning, like for God, for us to give God our whole heart. Um, He doesn't want just your Sundays. He wants every day, every part of your life. And sometimes we think we can only come to God when we have a problem, Um, but not realizing that God wants us all. He wants our good days, our bad days. Um, And sometimes we think that we can use God just to help fix us, to be a better person, to improve my life, to come on a Sunday and learn what's the three things that's going to make me a better person and then shoot off and then still just do the things that you want to do. But actually, God wants to be the master of your heart. And it says here, when the master come back, comes back to find the servant ready, then he would even have them recline at the table and serve them. How amazing would it be if Jesus came back and you know, you've been waiting for him, longing for him to come. And when he comes back, he says, chill, sit back, relax. Let me serve you today. You know, it's like, what a reward that is. Um, But, you know, we're not serving so that we get that reward. We want to choose to say yes to him because he loves us so and because he deserves nothing more than our full love and respect for him. Um, But yes, it is so much effort, uh, and it is hard work, but with it comes a peace, because knowing knowing that no matter when Jesus comes, he'll find you as a good and faithful servant, um, and he'll be so pleased to see you living like this. And... To kind of give a little context as well, Jesus is a gentleman, and it says like that Jesus knocks on the door. Jesus doesn't, you know, force his way in. He's the master of his house. Why does he need to knock on the door? Doesn't he have keys? But the fact that he knocks on the door means that he's asking for your permission to open the door to your heart. And sometimes if we're too busy or distracted, we could ignore that knock or not even hear it. But if we're as loyal to him as the good servant in this passage, we could be waiting by the window, knowing that when he's coming, we see him coming down the driveway, we know when he's knocking. Um, And, you know, if Jesus found you today, came back today, how will he find you? Um, As I wrap up, I'd like to invite the worship team back up. Um, As we've been reading this passage, um, I don't know if you caught it, but there is an urgency to this message. And it's something that we can so easily take for granted that Jesus might not come in this lifetime. Um, I've been a Christian, you know, pretty much my whole life. I have been brought up in a Christian home. Uh, My parents, you know, met in church back when they were students. So yes, Christian, Christian, Christian. You know, every Sunday, go to church have to, you know, help serve, being surrounded by, you know, family, friends that have all, we've all met, you know, in church. Um, And even though I've always believed in God, always believed that, yes, Jesus died on the cross for me. um, And, you know, I was 
baptized when I was 16. Um, but, you know, during my time at uni, I definitely wasn't focused on God. And I did some pretty stupid things when I was at uni, things that God definitely wouldn't be pleased with and things that I think my parents definitely wouldn't be pleased with. So I'm not going to spare you those details. Uh, maybe another time we can talk about it. Um, but I can look back now and say that, you know, despite doing all those things and despite... You know, there's maybe a few stupid things that I did, but the only thing that I really regretted from that time is not being close to God. And, you know, you think that I can just live my life without consequence. You know, no one's going to see me. I'm away from home. I can do what I want. You know, sleep whenever I want, come home whenever I want. I've got no one to, you know, have to check with. But, the fact is, you know, God is right there. God is knocking on the door to your heart. And there's no such thing as being too early to do the right thing. And I think for some of us, you know, you've, this is the first time you've heard a message spoken and you're like, wow, I never realized that God would choose someone like me, someone that isn't good, or you think I'm, I'm fine living the life that I'm living because it's just, it's how I want, it's how I choose to live it right. But God wants us to surrender everything to him. And the reward for saying yes to him is so great. Um, I think that, you know, as I was at uni, you know, you think that I'm learning all these things, all these things, these life lessons, meeting all these people. I think you get approval from the things of the world, but actually the one thing that I missed was just having that closeness with God. And the only way to do that is to say yes to him and to continue to focus on him. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axechurch.uk. God bless.